You are listening to the Photo Bomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Blue Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Coming at you. What's happening? You're very excited for I'm a man stoked. who uh, may be in the hospital uh, at any time. How any close time. are we? Any, where, where are we at? Are we, are, do we have a date? Well, uh, uh, for those of you who are new, maybe, uh, we, uh, my wife and I are expecting our second child literally any day now. So by the time this airs, it could have actually happened. So we're in the last week. Before well, the due, due, due date. This airs tomorrow. Right. Well, I mean, that's possible. That's right. Yeah. So, so it could have... happen literally tonight? Yes, it could happen. It could be happening now while I'm doing this podcast with you. That's possible. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. But yeah. Do, you have, do you have a date? Is there, is there a scheduled time to go have the baby, and it, but it could come early, or are we just waiting? It's uh, the, the due date's December 1st. And uh, we have a like a if it gets this far, we're going to do something about it. Date of December fourth. So either way, by December fourth, I see the baby will be here. So you don't have a scheduled a scheduled induction. Mm, the fourth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that the if nothing happens by the fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But All I'm right. pretty sure that things are going to happen just fine on their own. Just a just a just yes. a guess. As we're recording this, as we're recording this, our friend uh, Steve Saccio is actually at the hospital with his wife. Uh, preparing to have a baby. Yes, the guy who designed the amazing Tommy Toughnuts yes. T-shirts yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, at the hospital right now. So good luck to you, Steve. We're we're thinking about you, man. As you're hopefully not listening to this podcast instead of paying attention to your wife and child. But whatever, you know, everybody needs a break, so that's fine. Hope hope all that's going well. Hey, so I started something new recently in the last couple of weeks that I wanted to talk about. Um. The I've been getting I've been going to bed really early. I mean I mean I'm like like eight thirty nine o'clock. I've been going to sleep. Oh wow! I, yeah, I, right? I, I I thought I was going to bed early at like eleven thirty, but you're going to bed literally at eight thirty. Yeah, I, like last night I was in bed laying down to go to sleep, plugging my phone into the charger, put my head on the pillow at like eight thirty. I went well, to you, bed before my two year old. You texted me this morning at like seven and said, "When do you want to do the podcast?" And I said, "Whenever." And you said, "I've been up a couple hours." Yeah, that's that's the thing. I've been getting up crazy early, like uh, about between four and five a.m. every morning, and like uh, an old person. Like I, I swear to God, you just become part of this club that you didn't know existed, and this club is made up of very old people who get up w- before the sun and walk and, their dog and walk their. It's crazy <laughs> because as you're going around town, or if you go on a bike ride or a walk or something, and you're up at these hours. You kind of get the old respectful nod from like the older fella that sees you, like you're doing it right, young fella. And uh, <laughs> so, what what's interesting about getting up early is I do get I'm getting quite a lot accomplished in the the three hours before everyone else is at work or whatever. Uh, but what what strikes me most, what I'm really enjoying, is the sense of moral superiority that I have over really? everyone. Else. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty great. Like uh, you, you, everyone now, if you get up early, everyone's a lazy scumbag. Why everybody. is that? Why is that? If you get up really early, everybody else is. I can't believe you sleep so late. If you stay up really late, though, you don't get to be condescending against those people. Like, oh my God, you go to bed early. That's awful. Why is it that getting up early is seen as a virtue, but staying up late is seen as a vice? 
Exactly. Exa- well, here's the thing: you're just pushing spaghetti around the plate. Yeah. What, what, so what does it matter? It's just yeah, number, it numbers randomly thrown out into the universe as to what time you get up and go to bed. It does not matter at all. It's a construct uh, that we have made based on whatever. But I'm very excited to be part of the morally superior group. So now <laughs> I get to when my wife wakes up at seven thirty. Comes into the living room to start the day and making breakfast for the kid and everything. I look at her and I just go, <sighs> you know, just real disappointed how late finally, you slept in. <laughs> yeah. Finally managed to crawl finally. out of bed, did you? Look who decided look. to wake up. <laughs> well, I got to believe that there have not been many times in your life when you have been part of the morally superior group. So this no, has exactly got exactly to be very zero. satisfying for you. It's the first time and it feels good. <laughs> yeah, it feels real good. It'll yeah, start some sort, of a, some sort of a trend. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, I was, I've been researching it because of how uh, much I'm getting done in a day. Because people ask me a lot because of, of all the things that we've got going on. They, they ask like, I said, how do you get all this stuff done? And I realize that it's because I'm making extra time. Because at the end, the difference is for me at the end of the day, if it's after dinner, at the end of the workday, at night, I don't really have the energy to, to, to get right. stuck into work. All I want to do is lay there and watch Netflix. <laughs> if you get up early, there's nothing else to do but work. Nothing. There's no one's awake to yeah. talk to. Nothing. Nobody's even on Facebook yet. Like I get on Facebook and no, nothing is going on. So there's no emails. There's nothing to interact with. So you just right. got to get stuck in and do stuff. So I've been enjoying that. Plus, mostly the moral superiority of getting up early. So I'm pretty. You know what I like doing? That. I like being on vacation at like a fancy resort and getting up with the sunrise and walking around the resort when there's nobody there. It's like yes. you're in a zombie movie. <laughs> you, are, you know, like the pool is there and everything is laid out perfect and there's no people there. Las Vegas is especially great at this. Get up at like 6 a.m. in Las Vegas and walk around the resort and it's it's wonderful. Everything's There are quiet. a few people still gambling from yes, the night before. Yes, from the but, night before. Yeah. But otherwise, it's just totally, you know, you walk on this, nobody on this strip. It's cool. Yeah. And you get yeah, stuff man. done. I, uh, I enjoyed it uh, quite a lot. I went out to take a walk this morning before the sunrise. So I got my little thermal uh, shirt on and put on my sneakers, and I walked out the door. I got halfway down my street, and I realized that the stars were still out and that it's pitch black outside. I go, why am I going for a walk? This is a really bad idea. This <laughs> isn't right. safe. This isn't This isn't good. If I what, see another what person, I'm going become, to be frightened. Yeah, at what point does it become morning and stop being very late at night? <laughs> I don't well, know. What, probably the, when the sun comes up. Yeah, I'm going to guess. What's the line for that? It's literally it's called the horizon, and that's when, that's when the sun comes up above it. That's when it's okay to go out and take a walk. I say six six a.m. If it's five a.m., you're up late. If it's six a.m., you're up early. I, I'm going to have to go maybe the four four thirty mark probably. I mean, really? Be well, that's idea. because you're getting up at four thirty, but that's just crazy getting up at four thirty. I, I swear, I, I'm enjoying it. It's really good. Like when you're dressed, hair's done, clothes, teeth brushed, bre- and I'm making myself a nice breakfast, and I sit down and I eat it, and then I get on the computer, and but it's like. It's it's like my own little slice of heaven. Nobody nobody's bothering me. It's great. I would do it even not to work just to get up and go. So this is what life would be like if I didn't have any responsibility. I yeah, but just... then you work for eight hours and you look at the clock and it's noon. Yeah, that's <laughs> and true. you're like, you know, and yeah. then you feel bad about not working because it's it's noon. I should I should be working. I should still be working. And but you've already put in a full day. Yeah, I flag off energy wise real bad. You know, in the in the in the evening. Right. So I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm packing a little more into the day, so I'm digging it. So hey, I wanted to do one quick thing before we get into some content because we've got some great questions and thoughts from 
listeners for the show. Um, we want to talk about iTunes and the reviews. If oh, you guys yes. have not done that yet, and you and you enjoy all the nonsense that we discuss on the show, head over to iTunes and just leave us a, a review for the show. The more we get, the more we get pushed up those rankings for searches when people look for photography podcasts, and then the more listeners we'll reach, and the more fun it is for us all to uh, do this together. And uh, from our, our most recent review, uh, I just want to pick one out. We've I'm got glad f- we're finally talking about this. Yeah. About we, what? About we never mentioned us reviews. We never mentioned it. <laughs> we had one person comment um, who was who left a review on the show, and Rob Fanguy, and we had uh, uh, somehow teased him and needled him a little bit about his review or something about it. I don't remember. We don't remember what we talked you about. You did. All the, yeah, I did. I did. Thank. Okay. Yeah. So he comments on the Facebook. I'm page. nothing but respectful. Yeah. Okay. To sure. the fans. And I asked for topics, and he says, "How about you guys talk about giving uh, giving fans a hard time for leaving reviews on iTunes?" So, Rob, I apologize if uh, we hurt your your delicate feelings. We're going to be better at See, it. See, now we that's really a, that's an apo- <laughs> that's a sorry, not sorry. Is that is that right. sorry? Yes, not- that's a sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry if you little panty waist guy were offended. That's basically what you just said. <laughs> your delicate feelings were offended. We're so sorry. So sorry. Oh, that's a sorry, not sorry you just did. Now oh, there's going to be another one from this guy going, I'm really? Sorry. Really? Well, that's I'm what so he's, sorry. Yeah, that's going to be his post. His post is just going to be, really? <laughs> that's what he's going to say. No, in all seriousness, Rob, thanks for the review. Thanks yes. for listening and interacting Thank with us you, on the Rob. page. We appreciate you, man. And our most recent comes from Big Time Images, says, I really enjoy the banter between Boo Ray and Gary, and they even managed to squeeze in interesting photo news as well. Always worth the listen. So, uh, Big Time Images, whoever you are, you beautiful, sexy animal, thank you for that great review. Feel, and if you, huh. I feel we're getting a reputation now as a show that sometimes puts in some photography-related material. I'm fine with that, actually. Are you fine with that? I'm totally fine all with right. that. All right. The the premise of this show, our mission, is just two guys who happen to be professional photographers that sit down and just talk about whatever's on, in their mind right. that week. And then a lot of times that's photography related. I'm glad we so got that worked out. Th- that's what we do. Yeah, we finally figured out what this show is about. <laughs> that's good to know. 142 episodes, folks. 142. Just not now a- finally putting it together. Yeah, we're, well, you know, it takes us a little while. We're not always not always on the ball. So what do you got going on? Uh, well, I got uh, I got the – have you seen the ad uh, that is going to feature me? I'm, I was going to wait. I was waiting for you to ask me about it, but since you're not going to ask me about it, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about myself. <laughs> oh, did I hurt your feelings? <laughs> going into the show, I was like, I'm not going to say anything about it. I'll, I'll wait till Gary asks me about it. That way it'll seem, it'll seem better. I w- you're talking about the Miller's ad. I'm talking about the Miller's ad. Right, okay, so I was, uh, I was up as I was up this morning, and uh, a listener friend of the show, uh, Leslie Evans, posted it in a group that we're all in on Facebook to showcase. And she says, I'm so proud of Boo Ray. His image is featured. Yes. And, 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 and I, I, it's a great ad. I think it's, and you'll look fantastic. It's a great portrait of you. Well, a big and, shout out to my friend Kira Derryberry, who took the picture and, and uh, actually got a loan from that image uh, this year in competition and um it well if you know what we're talking about if you get the magazine if you're in ppa you get the professional photographer magazine uh like the third page of every issue there's a double page spread miller's has a double page spread and um it's always on the left hand side is a picture of a photographer and on the right hand side is a picture of some products and there's always a big word superimposed on the photographer's face joyful you know, passion, crafty you know something that describes that handsome photographer. talented yes, any, yeah something and I didn't know what word they were going to use for me, so that was a fun thing. What, what word would they use to describe me? And imagine my surprise when the word that they used to describe me was bure. <laughs> <laughs> 
which to which as far as I know has never been done in the ad. There's they it's always an use, adjective now. That's yes, great. Now I, so apparently my name has become an adjective. Good for you. Uh, that I that bure, I don't know what that means, but I I just imagine that someone was like um you know, what word best identifies with him and the best word we can come up with is that stupid ass name. That's yeah. the best name. We, hey man, so that's your was, that's your marketing right there. But I'll tell you a funny thing about this, and the reason I wanted to talk about this is not because I'm like, hey, I want to, you know, but um, it's actually a big kind of a big deal for me because um, I remember reading, I, I think it was a Noah Wiley from ER wrote uh, an essay years ago about being on Sesame Street, being asked to do Sesame Street, meeting Big Bird, and and I heard this echoed from other celebrities too. They had said that um, that they never really felt like they were a celebrity until Sesame Street asked him to be on the show because that was the first time they were exposed to celebrities as kids was watching Sesame Street was the first time you many people would see a celebrity before that's all cartoons yes and um so for me when I started as a professional photographer and I joined the PPA and I started getting the magazine I remember distinctly right off the bat seeing the big Miller's ads and these beautiful pictures of photographers with their work and I remember looking at those ads and thinking wow that's a real photographer you know that's you know I'll never be I'll never be that guy, but if I can just make enough money to support my family. But little that, did you know. That, yeah, but that just guy just let anybody be in those ads. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they ran out of people eventually. This was 10 years ago, so event, there's only so many of us. Uh, yeah. but but it was a big deal for me and that you know, and which is funny because there's so many other milestones that I've hit that for other people would be big milestones speaking at Imaging USA or or doing stuff like that that would really be like a big thing, but for me, the stupid Miller's ad was like, now I finally feel like, look, I'm a real photographer because Miller's put me in their ad. And it only took three years of me constantly dropping hints to Miller's <laughs> to put me in the ad <laughs> before they finally did it. I'm not going to pretend that it was a big surprise because I am constantly was joking about it. I was constantly being like, so uh, by the way, when am I going to be in the Miller's ad? <laughs> but really, a rally, I really want to be in the Miller's ad. Would you please put me in the Miller's ad? <laughs> well, they, um, they actually have uh, quite a list of, of speakers on their, on their payroll. You know? and they do. They have a huge speakers list. And that's that's some pretty good company to be in. So well, be listen, one of their people. I was at last month or the month before their their speakers their ad was Ben Shirk. Yeah. So yeah. hey, you know Ben Shirk, that's the real deal right there. So yeah, so I uh, so yeah, so it was kind of a cool deal for me. I'm really it, check that off of the uh, of the bucket list for me. I don't have much left on the bucket list now. Well, you have. Uh, I mean, you've got on their Miller speaker team. You got Vanessa Joy, Sean Lee, Ben Shirk. You got. Uh, I mean, you just got some. Boure Perry, right there on the website. I mean, you're in some pretty, pretty solid company there, my friend. You have some, oh, well, I'm uh, awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm like I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but it was nice to uh, to finally be featured in the ad. So that's coming up in the latest edition of PPA Magazine, which apparently some people have received, but I haven't gotten mine yet. Well, uh, that takes a little time sometimes. Yeah. You know, that's just what happens. But congratulations! I think th- I've never, I've never, I've, you know, I've only been featured in ads for PPA. Oh yeah, but you were in like every issue for ten months. I was, one time. I was in it. For, I kept going like, man, they should. I'm waiting to get a like, yeah. A you were in a check. boatload of issues. But the see, you were featured. In, you were featured so much in that ad, and the reason I wasn't, I'm convinced, really, the main reason I didn't show up in a Miller's ad before now, because I've been speaking for them for a while, and 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 they know me really well, is it. I'm a little bit outside probably the demographic that they want to read. If you go look at their ads, I'm probably I mean, You're not a 32-year-old yeah, woman. I'm not a, I'm yeah. not I'm I'm not, you know, jumping in the air like a people ad. A people well, magazine, you know, you, you know you I'm, I'm an a, older you got a little, guy. 
You got a little patina on you, man. You're just, but you're good. You're, 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 you're now. You're sexy. You're hot. I got in. I got to get that patina off me. You're where? It's, yeah, a little. Yeah, it's, it's right, right there on your is cheek. It right here. I just, where? Right, right there. There it is. Right, right. there. Oh, it's in your teeth. Yep. I got, got it. it. Okay. That's you're all a, better now. Nope. That's a true friend that will tell you when you have the patina on you. <laughs> and we just titled the episode. <laughs> oh, patina. The, the patina on you. Oh, uh, man. But yeah, so because that was my joke I would always make to Miller's was like, listen, I would joke, when are you going to put me in the ad? And then I would go, listen, I know you guys aren't putting me in the ad because I, I'm an older guy and that's not what really what you're trying to reach out to. Uh, probably, though, the reality is they didn't put me in the ads before now because I'm just a horrible photographer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, horrible. there's that. You know, that's... So I have two things working against me right off the bat. Yeah. Three, if you count the stupid name. So yeah, really, well, the fact that I made it in at all is a miracle. Kudos to the uh, to the marketing team at Miller's for really turning that around and making yeah. lemonade out of those lemons. Yeah. That's good stuff, yeah. you guys. Yes, <laughs> and using a fantastic. But that's probably what sold them. They're like, well, we do have this great photograph, though. So let's use. So since since it's a great photograph, <laughs> we'll go ahead and put this a hole in the uh, magazine ad. Fantastic. All right. Enough about so, me. Back to me. So you posted uh, in your group, and if you're not a member, you should check it out. It's called Pro Photo Talk with Boo Ray Perry, a uh, group on Facebook where there's a lot of uh, a little bit of humor, a little bit of snark, and a little and a lot of sharing of information. It's a great group. Um, you posted the photo of um, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip together. The portrait. Yes. Yeah. So this yes, is like I'm glad you brought official... that up because I, I, I was like, we have to talk about this on the podcast, and I forgot to write that down. It's it's an official uh, royal portrait. Real simple, yes. You know, nothing super fancy about it. And and you had posted it like, "What do you guys think of this? If this this is a picture of the the Queen of England, is it good enough? Basically, is this so? Well, I'm interested in your thoughts on that. I had seen it right, and I had seen it posted other places, and a lot of people were teeing off on it. You know, and just oh, they're too close to the background and the color palette, and they, you know, just really going into town on it, as and, photographers do. Yeah, as yeah. photographers, and I was just like. Uh, everything is contextual, right? So, yeah, if you're looking at this like, here's this older couple that came in for a photograph. It's the first photograph they've had taken in 60 years, and this is what you gave them. Then maybe there's some things to be said, but if you're looking at it in terms of two of the most photographed people on the planet who hate having their photograph taken, and now they have to come in for this, and you get literally like 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing you can do that hasn't been done before. They've been photographed by Annie Leibovitz. They've been photographed by everybody. Then I'm, I was cool with it. They were a little close to the background, yeah. But I was like, no, but Compared I think... to what? For I, who? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think that there was anything in there that was a mistake. I don't think there was anything in that image that was not purposely done by the photographer, which begs us, which then leads us to the question, if this is an art form, can you truly criticize something if... The photographer meant to do it. Um, I don't know. I think that um, we're not talking about competition where there is a set of facto rules, yeah. but we're talking well, about in an art form. How much can I intended to put red there, and then you come back and you go, "Yeah, I don't like the red there." But if that was, when does it? Be, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's one thing to criticize a mistake, and there's another thing to say, "No, that was." An, I think he wanted them standing close to the background, and and I think it's fine. I think they look. Fine, and it's they're they've had their photograph taken a billion times. You're talking about an, a subjective thing. Art is subjective, and but right. there are there are such a thing as just bad choices. Um, and yeah, I think that's true. If the if the um, it depends on your goal. It's always about intent for me. Uh, if if your intention is to um, t- 
to be avant-garde, to be different, to break the rules, to shock. You know, if your intention is to just get a picture of somebody that they don't hate, uh, to, to make your client look more flattering, to make them look less flattered, you know, like there's there's always intent. So you could go, oh, well, that was – if you're taking a picture of someone like street photography of a guy with a grisly face and a chewed-up cigar and scars and – you know, your intention – in that situation might be to make them look as much of that way as possible, not correcting for the things you want to correct for. Like if they have missing teeth on one side, you want to shoot into that side. But if you're doing something to flatter them, you want to shoot away from the flaws. And, and so it really just depends. So you can't really say, although I do know that I have personal taste. And when I look at something, I go, well, I don't like the way that's done. Um, there's only wrong for the intent. There's not wrong across the board. Right. And here's the thing. Well, I would. It wouldn't be great if we. It wouldn't be great if we get this guy on the podcast because I would love the anatomy of that shot, and I would love to know how much of what he did in it was intentional, like he made a conscious decision before he did it. Here's what I want to do, and how much of it was just oh, that's you know, you know, because without knowing that, it's hard to uh, ipso facto criticize somebody. But but I also you know when you look about look at um who was the first person you know a few years back to decide that they were going to photograph somebody on a backdrop where the, you could see the layer. Like there was a back, like where it looked like they were in the studio and it was kind of pulled back a little bit. And you could see the layered backdrop kind of behind them disjointed. Whoever was the first person to do that, I'm sure people were like, what the hell are you doing? And now that's like a staple. Yeah, you showing pick up the like, lights in the shot. Yeah, and, like Hollywood, yeah you pick up Hollywood Reporter and stuff like that or my, my friend Felix Kuntz, he does it all the time. That, that's like a staple of doing that that uh, celebrity portraiture kind of work now. But whoever was the first person to do it was probably criticized roundly for it. And I'm just like, you look at this picture and you go, in two years will we all be putting people closer to the background? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because right. because of this picture of the Queen of England that started it all, just like the picture of uh, JFK Jr. coming out of his wedding is what launched the photojournalistic wedding photography trend. You know, right. So I wonder how... I find that whole process fascinating of how trends get started and, and then eventually become the norm. And then, and then you get criticized if you're not doing the thing that they were criticizing the guy for doing five years ago. Yeah, nobody ever changed the world by doing what was expected and normal. You know right. what I mean? So you're not going to really cause anything to be different until you – or, you know, there are so many people already doing that thing that you're doing that you have to do something that nobody else has done before and popularize it. And that's I think how if, trends start. I like, think if you, if you get a chance to photograph the Queen of England and the two seconds that you get, and you can produce anything that will spark any sort of conversation about it, good job. Absolutely. That guy's probably pretty well booked at the moment. He's yeah. doing fine. You know? Because, because, because she's lady, been photographed sure. so many times, you're not going to do anything new and under the sun, and it's not like you've got a model and you can work with her all day to create something fantastic. I don't know. I'd like to see Queen Elizabeth on a Harley. I would. That, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Hello! I her, put her hello in a Ben Shirk-style sports composite. With, Harley. <laughs> where she's like spiking a volleyball <laughs> in like 16 different stages. Get to work on that, Ben. Yeah, yeah. if you listen, mm. which you probably don't. But I but, liked uh, it. I liked it, and I found that I wanted to continue to look at it. And to me, that's the, that's the final test for a photograph. When I looked at it, I wanted to linger on it. I wanted to linger at it and, be, and look at the, and, hmm, yeah, hmm, and that's it. I, when I see that, I'm like, good job. You know, when I'm looking at a portraits in a magazine, like I always, I always point out Hollywood Reporter has such great celebrity portraiture. If I want to linger on it, wow, I, yeah, then that's, you've achieved it for whatever reason I linger, right? Don't you think? 
I, uh, I, I do. I actually was having a very similar uh, war inside my brain the other day because there's a, a few photographers that I like. One of my favorite photographers is Sam Jones. He's a celebrity right. uh, editorial photographer. He's got a great podcast called Off Camera with Sam Jones, and he photographs – basically, he photographs a celebrity – and interviews them, and he's there's a, there's a you can watch it on Directv, on and you can download it from the iTunes Store or whatever. But he's got you go to the website samjonespictures.com and you can see all his great editorial photography of celebrities. And my thought is <clears throat> on some of the work that people post, like Mike Mann and Greg Gorman and stuff like that. And you look at their work and you go, do I like this so much because it's the celebrity, or because the photography is that good? And I'm always trying to, you, to to draw that, why am I looking at this so much? Why am I so impressed with this? Is it because it's a celebrity that I like or I'm interested in? Or is it because the photography itself is really good? And I, and I struggle with that, trying to separate those two things in my mind. Because I look at other photographers, I see an image that would be identical. And if it's just some dude I don't know, I might go... Yeah, I don't really. That doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, but if it's, yeah, I, I do. I'm right there with you. But if it's I'm George exactly Clooney, the same I might way. go. Yeah. You know, wow, that's a phenomenal uh, photo or whatever. Yeah, you know? I'm right there with you. I do the same thing I, because one of my favorite uh, pet peeves is people whose mm. photography is just raved over, and and every time it's a beautiful model, right? Half, exactly. half, half dressed, and my and my point is, it's not hard to take a good picture of a beautiful woman half dressed. It's really not. Yeah, yeah. That that people will want to look at. It's like, <laughs> yeah, good good job on the the clamshell lighting with the stylist and the professional hair and yeah. makeup and yeah, good job on that. Well yeah, done. yeah. You know, give me a picture of a person I don't know who looks perfectly normal and ordinary to me, and make me really want to look at that picture for a while. And now you're showing me something. Absolutely, yes. The beautiful people. It's not you know, especially if somebody's really used to being photographed, they know how to stand. Professional models. I'm not that impressed if you're just. You know, just taking real standard but beautiful photos of models. Like, who cares? Like, did who you see? Cares? Did you see the story making the rounds where the woman's was the photographer did the bit on uh, to show you know you could take great pictures in horrible locations and she shot inside a Lowe's. Yeah, I saw that and I wasn't really impressed. No, okay, yeah, and 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 Bobby brought that up to me and I teed off on it and she was like, "Hey, back it down there, Gungan." You know, I I was just going off on it. I'm like, "Oh, come on!" I go, first of all, she's a professional. She's using a model." Right. Okay, so uh, right away you want to look at her. Second of all, she didn't light her anything on location, and, and I'm not. Let me wait. Let me. I'm not disparaging this photographer. I thought it was a. I thought it was a good. I thought it was a cool idea, and I really liked it and everything. Demonstrates a really cool principle yes. that it doesn't. The location doesn't matter. Yes, but as a professional photographer, the my point was taking a picture of a beautiful model in the hardware section. If she's a beautiful model, that's half the ball game. You take a picture of the guy in the orange apron and make that look good. There you go. <laughs> like That's a three hundred fifty pound guy with nubs for fingers right. who saws the two by fours for you. Also, none of it. Was, also, none of it was lit. It was all shot natural light and then completely processed in Photoshop to look like it was lit. Right. Yeah. No. I. I. I Which I, is know, fine, but it's not really my thing. I. I no. I think yeah. the point was illustrated pretty well, but you know, it's it's not that hard to make somebody beautiful look no. beautiful. It's just yeah, not that difficult of a job. Like yeah. you can make it interesting. In fact. <laughs> Picking somewhere like that is an interesting juxtaposition. You know, it's like taking yeah. a beautiful model and putting them in a place that's real like rough and blue collar. And photographers have been doing that, like construction yes. sites. People love to shoot sewers. ballerinas in decrepit warehouses. Right. Yeah, that's not a new thing. So you know, it, it, it was okay. I, I have nothing against the photographer or the work itself, but I mean, mm. I thought that it was sort of like saying, "Hey, look, sky's blue." You know. <laughs> well, if it had been, if it had been, here's an engagement session 
with an overweight couple shot at Lowe's and it had blown me away, then it would have been a totally different story. <laughs> then right. it would have been like, oh, wow, what a, you know, but, oh, here's a beautiful, here's a beautiful girl standing in the hardware, in the paint section. Well, yeah, I'm, it's, that's a headshot. I can do a headshot. I, we, you and I do headshots, I, you know, by the dumpster behind the building all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> so Welcome to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't that big of a deal to me. Hey, so we got a question on the uh, on the old Facebook page come through from Mr. Michael Wilson, and I thought this would be good for you since we both shoot with these cameras. Uh, thoughts on micro four-thirds cameras for professional portraits. I use an Olympus micro four-thirds camera and get great results from it, but wondering about limitations for printing big wall art. I would think that those limitations are almost gone now. I would be- say. Because the micro four-third now is producing better images than the full frame was 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I I have the uh, you shoot with the Fuji the uh, the uh, Fuji X one hundred S. I really want the new one, the one hundred F. If anyone wants to gift me that for uh, Christmas, Christmas Thir- is coming thirteen hundred dollars, and I can't justify it uh, <laughs> since it's my play camera. But if someone just has one laying around, they want to give me that. Yeah, fine. just send it send it in the show. Yeah, send um, it in. The uh, I and I shoot with the Canon M five. Love it, absolutely love it. And um, it, it, I have done side by side tests in my studio. Um, with the Canon M5 and with my 5D Mark IV. And most of what I shoot ends up on the web. So I'm not shooting a lot for print when I shoot headshots and LinkedIn profile pictures, Facebook profile pictures, casting websites, stuff like that. But I have done side-by-side, and I got to tell you, if if I didn't know ahead of time, and you showed me, and I shot him at F8 ISO 100 with lights in the studio, and if I did not know... Um, which one was which? I I would probably have to really give it a good look at that at those levels. When you get to the higher ISOs, that's when the low light is going to start to you'll start to really see the difference between a full frame DSLR and a micro four thirds camera. You get past ISO eight hundred into sixteen hundred, you'll really start to see that noise come in. But for the most part, it depends on what you're doing. Um, and I know that um, there are full frame mirrorless, but the micro four thirds cameras are real real good. And I could yeah. probably shoot. My day-to-day headshot photography in the studio, since I shoot, because the lenses aren't as fast typically for a lot of them, and the uh, and the low light isn't as good as a full-frame DSLR for a lot of them. Um, but if for most of what I shoot is ISO 100 at f/8, and I got to tell you, under those circumstances, I don't think that there's enough of a difference to even consider. I'd be happy to shoot if it wasn't so ridiculous for my client to come in and see me shooting them with this tiny camera. Um, I, I, I don't think I would have any problem using those images in my day-to-day work. In fact, in some ways, it would be a little bit easier because I have less heavy equipment yeah. to like, use in the studio. Such a big, um, such a big thing. That you, I have canvas wall art um, all over my um, office here, one of which you can see behind me over my shoulder uh, as we're doing this podcast, and all of that was shot with the Fuji. One, uh, the one that's over my computer is 30 by 40, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how many how so, many megapix, megapixies is it. Oh, your, and uh, that's the thing. Day. The new one is like tw- is like uh, twenty four or something, but the one I have is like eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, I mean that's serious. If when you consider that some of the first pro digital cameras, uh, Fujis and Kodaks were two megapixels, three yeah. megapixels, four megapixels. <clears throat> You know, it's uh, it, it's and people shot billboards with yeah. those. You yeah, know? Like the one, yeah, yeah. One of the reasons campaign. one of the reasons I want the new one is so that more megapixels. For me, it's all about cropping. The more megapixels you have, the more you can crop without losing. Uh, and let me tell you, if you've got a brand new um, APS-C, if you've got a brand new three quarters sensor, 
you're going to get in many of those cameras even at high ISO you'll be, get better images than uh, a camera that's a DSLR that's five six years old I shoot with the Fuji at 6400 all the time and I won't shoot at 6400 with my Canon Mark III yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible, and I don't think that the biggest thing you're going to run into is probably clients sort of wondering the way the camera looks. Yeah, the way the camera looks, and and, and honestly, if you really get down to it for print, the, unless you have some camera that has a converter, for the most part, the micro four thirds cameras have their own proprietary lens systems, and the lenses are kind of plastic, and they're not as good, and they're not as fast. And so, you know, that's that's basically the big thing you're going to run into is the limitations of the lens and the light gathering capability of the lens. So now I know with uh, M5 and a couple of others that you can get an adapter where I could use my EOS lenses, my, my nice L-series glass on my M5. But I also ask myself, <laughs> like, what's the point of getting a much smaller, right. more portable camera if I'm going to put lenses on it that are twice as heavy right. as the camera itself? So right. I just got... I have that with mine because mine you, mine, you can't replace the lenses or get an adapter, but you can get uh, a lens that goes on top of the lens that's on it. It's a fixed lens. And so it's, a, it's fixed at 35 equivalent, but you can get an, uh, another lens that screws on the top that makes it a 50 or one that you screw on the top that makes it like a 24. And I thought about getting the one that makes it a 50 because it's pretty wide, 35. And sometimes I want to shoot a nice portrait of the girls or something when we're on vacation. And, and you don't want to get that quite that close. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get that. But then when you put that on, now it becomes, oh, I don't know, two inches, three inches sticking out from the camera body. And the whole point of having this camera is to have a camera that isn't big because I want to carry it around with me everywhere. Now, you can pretty much get, put your Fuji X100 in your pocket. If you, yes, if you want to, you can put it in your pocket. You take the little sun shield I have on it off. And you could, my, I'm a big guy. You can put it in my pocket. But but so I I mean about once a month I go and I almost pull the trigger on getting that getting that add on and I'm like no you're going against why you bought this camera in the first place <laughs> yeah, you bought if this you, camera if you trick because, it out with a lot of crazy yes, gear you're gonna if you're gonna do gotta, all that stuff, I mean it was a big deal for me to buy that flash that I have for it but I only bought the flash when they finally came out one that was smaller because a regular swivels. a full size flash is yeah it swivels a full size flash is bigger than the camera the flash on my Mark III is bigger than the camera so I can't use that. So mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's a, it's a constant little tug of war with me. Of, I want to be able to take better pictures, but I don't want to have to carry a bunch of stuff, you know. So right, I'm, and you know the challenge of using a piece of equipment that is not quite as technologically capable. The lenses aren't as fast, and you don't have as many options. But I've also found with my M5 that it pretty much does every pro thing that I'd want it to do, and I can also just set it into a pre-programmed mode. Yeah, and it just takes phenomenal pictures. Anyway. That M5 takes great pictures. You took a picture of me when we were in Atlanta. Taking a picture with my camera, uh, yeah. and I'm na- a natural available light that was fantastic. No grain, yeah, it's, it's just a great picture. It's basically yeah. an ADD, but in a mirrorless body. It's a really phenomenal. It's 25 megapixels, so you could certainly very easily make large prints out of it. And uh, I'm super, super happy with it. But sure. uh, I don't think that for the most part. I think you could definitely. My sister shoots with Olympus Micro Four Thirds. She uses the Pen series and she to do nature photography. And I am blown away by the photos that she takes with it. And just it, it doesn't really matter. Is basically I think the gist of it. The the bigger cameras. The main thing for me to having a, a mirrored camera, a DSLR with, that's a is the live view of the shutter 
or live view through the viewfinder is really useful and also the battery so if you're going to shoot professionally a dslr the battery performance is just going to because it doesn't have as many electronics running the viewfinder and the battery is just going to last about five times longer so if, for example if you're taking a like a new sony system and you're going out and you're shooting a wedding you're going to need to bring six seven batteries with you to make it through a wedding day if you're using two bodies you're going to have to have at least five to eight batteries to get you through a whole wedding um, just because those cameras yeah. just destroy batteries. Yes, so. my my Fuji, I carry four batteries with me uh, all the time, practically. Because you, you, if you're doing a lot of pictures, you're going to go through one or two easy. They run Absolutely. the batteries down something fast. Yeah, do you ever feel like because the Fuji's is a hybrid? You can go between using the electronic uh, viewfinder, or you can just use the regular. What's it called when the when you're looking through the corner of the camera? Yeah, I forget, but there's a name for that. Uh, type of viewfinder. That Please send us an email if you know what that anyway, is. Anyway, <laughs> um, and do you ever feel like you're cheating a little bit when you use the electronic? Because you can see the exposure. Yeah, it's it's what's crazy about the electronic viewfinders is is it will show you the exposure you're about to get. Yeah, you can see. You could just by opening and shutting the uh, the the aperture or changing the shutter speed, you can see exactly what your picture is going to look like before you take it, just like with your phone. And I know there's a part of me that almost feels like I'm cheating when I do that. Like, is it cheating when you use cruise control? No, you know, like I know it's silly, but but I almost, but I'm almost like, oh, oh, it's this is too easy. <laughs> you know, aren't I supposed to be thinking a little bit about what I'm doing? I'm a I'm a photographer, but not just turning the dial until it looks pretty and taking the picture. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense, but there's still got to be like intent and creativity. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know it's stupid, but it, but I'm I'm just. I'll be like, well, I won't use the electronic viewfinder because you know, it uses the batteries up too fast. Well, I got it. Then you just don't do it. But then I do. Yeah. I, but then I go back to it because it's just too damn convenient to be able to you, see. You know what? I need to be a stop bright on this one. Yeah, yeah. it's just too convenient to be able to see that. And uh, but I but I do feel because the camera I have is very retro, and I like the retro of it. Except here's this most modern modern thing built into it that completely yeah. destroys the retro of it. Now you can almost not screw it up. You know, right? You really I, uh, can't. Hey, well, oh. I, I have one other thing to add to this discussion, okay. which which was right in the same. Have you seen the Thingify lens? The Thingify, uh, it's called the Thingify lens. This is a know. Kickstarter. This is a pinhole lens that they are making that will go on any DSLR. It's a pinhole lens. It has no glass. I see it now. They use a micro drill, and let me tell you, the pictures are just awful. They are just <laughs> awful, and I cannot imagine why anyone would want to spend money. For a pinhole lens on your camera to take blurry, crappy pictures. I like they, they go, the pictures are very, the images are very unique. If by unique you mean awful, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, I'm looking at them now and it's like, yeah, you know, a pinhole camera is a really cool thing to teach students how photography works. But, uh, man, there's not one of these that's like in focus or, yes. or you know, it's just garbage. I like what it says. It, says it marries Vintage photo charm with modern digital camera. That, I like vintage photo charm. That's like remember the plague. That was vintage charm. Yeah. The plague. <laughs> Very remember, charming. Remember when? Bring out your dead. Remember when everyone was dying from the plague? All the vintage charm of the plague. You know, forget the penicillin. <laughs> yeah. You know why? You know, yes, embrace the modern. Why? Why would you want to put this pinhole? You know, it's like what's that? Uh, what's that camera um, from Russia? Uh, the what's it called? Uh, the, the Lomo, which you know, there's a, there's you can you can get uh, add-ons for Photoshop you, that the Lomo effect, 
which the camera was so poorly made that it would light leak. And as a result, the film would get saturated and, and it would look very, very red and orange. And it became to be known as a Lomo camera effect. If this picture was taken with a Lomo camera, it looked a certain way. And so people would then build actions that would make this effect on their pictures in Photoshop. Because we want to make this picture look more like the crappy-ass Russian camera that they were using in the 70s. Yeah, and that's, this uh, this fascinates me. If you once again, if you want the out yes, if you want the pinhole effect, build yourself an action in Photoshop, and don't spend any money on this stupid lens. Yeah, that is uh that is really bad and really dumb. Who and, is the market for this? What I don't pro know. Photographer is going to look at their gallery of samples and go, hell yeah, it's pretentious. <laughs> I just I think it's pretentious sometimes. You know, it's like some so much art is pretentious. Here's a picture of red, and and this is the same sort of thing where it's. Oh, don't don't get over yourself. Take a you know, take a good picture. Can you just see a room full of guys sitting around? They're all just going, "You guys, you want to see how many of these we can sell to stupid people?" The Kickstarter Let's campaign raised over a hundred thousand dollars. Gary, it's you a, it's a hundred and eighty nine thousand yes, dollars. You and I need to create something and get a Kickstarter campaign going. Yes, you know, absolutely. And it, like, like, oh, like, oh, a custom light modified, the best light you've ever seen. It'll be nothing but a piece of whiteboard to bounce your flash off of. Well, here's an interesting. <laughs> I was just reading the about you page on this. Um, looks like it's actually P.T. Barnum's great grandson. Is is the is that, oh, there you go. What a coincidence. <laughs> what? I didn't see a price. Did you see a price? By the way, did you see a price anywhere for this thing? Sixty pledge sixty nine dollars or more, and you'll get uh, you'll get the the lens. Why? Why? Looks like it's gonna be about sixty nine bucks. It's not even. Can you even technically call it a lens? I would. Yeah, no, it's not a lens. There's no glass in it, and I would not. uh, I wouldn't pay sixty nine cents for this piece of crap. No. No, just see, I've got the two thousand uh, dollar seventy to two hundred millimeter f two point eight L series lens here that I could use, or I could use this piece of paper with a hole in it. Hey, l- hey, listen, man! If I'm going to take crappy pictures, it's going to be with my gear, and That's I'm going right. to make it on my own. I am perfectly capable of taking a out of focus, <laughs> gauzy, blurry picture without spending money on your pinhole lens. This is insulting to bad photographers That's everywhere. Right. That's right. That's right. No, I have no problem doing this. I don't need your fancy lens to create that image. Get right out of town. I do it all town. the time. Did it several times last night at a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Man, oh, man. <laughs> well, good. Hey, and good luck with your Kickstarter, guys. <laughs> I mean, they've got – oh, it's uh, – I'm sorry. It's 189000 Canadian dollars. Of course, this comes from the wicked mind of a Canadian. Yes. Has to be. I don't understand that shame. at all. So what else is going on? I don't know. We're actually we're getting close to wrap up. We've been uh, we, we've been rolling for a while here. Yeah, we are. We are. It's time to wrap up. But let's talk about a couple of things first before we do that. Okay. Um, what do you have uh, some stuff coming up? You're going to be speaking at Imaging USA. I've got Imaging. Yeah, Imaging USA is coming up. I'll be speaking. I'm the first person in the demo room on Sunday morning at eight or eight thirty a.m. and I will be teaching five minute photography, which is my little system for taking a great picture of anybody, anywhere, any time of day, at any location in the first five minutes that you meet them. Uh, after that, you can go on to your fancy stuff, but first, let's get a good picture in the bag so that they are happy, and, and they look at the picture and go, wow, that's a good picture, great, and they feel more comfortable, and you feel more comfortable. Everybody relaxes, and then you can get on with the session, because I find that many photographers, they, they get so caught up in that first five minutes with the client that it, it impairs their creativity. So I came up with a little system that I teach to people who work for me. Here's your first shot. Every time, here's your first shot. And I'll be teaching that system. And it's a live demo class, so I'll actually be doing it right there in the room. We're going to grab a uh, – I'm not even going to use a model. I'm going to grab a person off the floor, 
and show you how I do it. You've actually seen so, Have you seen me do so, this? So, hey, if you want to get pulled up on the yes. stage in front of a thousand people at Imaging USA, yes. you roll the dice and go sit in the front row of Boo <laughs> Ray Perry's right. class at Imaging USA. Listen, That's a great idea. And, uh, listen, and let's not, and, you know, back to the thing talking about models, let's not pretend that I'm not going to look for the pretty girl in the audience. Yeah, I'm not, that's I'm not your thing. I'm not. No, I'm not crazy. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a volunteer. I'm not gonna use a model, but I'm not gonna make it really hard on myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for somebody that's making it a little bit easier for me because right, I am so trying if to. You are, if you are extremely obese and very unattractive, I want you to go. Let's let's play a joke on Boo. <laughs> sit in the front row. Storm the sure stage. Nobody raise your hand except for the one person. And I mean, I want, I mean, just if any of you out there are just, I mean, just so hard to look, just hard to look at even just, you know, if that's you, this could be your moment. This is your shining moment. To be on stage at Imaging USA and to ruin Boo Ray's ruin life. my program. Yeah, let's do, let's do this all together. So please, if you are um, unbearable to behold with the human eye, send us an email to questions at photobombpodcast.com, and Boo Ray's going to make you look good in five minutes. There you go. There you go. And of course, and the other thing we're going to be doing very excited is we're going to be doing a series of live. Facebook Live shows from Imaging USA, and I'm going to be all over the entire uh, convention. I will be interviewing people. Maybe you can be interviewed by me for Facebook Live, and we are going to get with the vendors, and we're going to be giving away lots of great prizes all throughout the convention. But what you want to do is go to the PPA page and go to the Imaging USA page and subscribe to the page so that you will then, I mean, just liking the page is enough. You know more about this than I do, right, Gary? Like mm. Liking the page is fine, but if you subscribe to the page, then you get the notification when they go live. Right. If you like a page by default, you'll start. You'll you'll get their the news from them. Um, but if you don't interact with anything, it, it'll sort of start to filter it out of your news feed. So right. you, know, you just make sure you go to the page and unlike, make sure you're also following the page and that your settings are set up to get notifications, and right. that way uh, you'll see it. Because we're going to be giving away stuff the whole weekend, the whole week of the, the whole time during the convention. You, you can win right there at the convention. It's going to be very easy. It's just going to be, hey, make a comment or whatever, and you win, and we're going to get with the vendors and get some great prizes. And also, we're going to be interviewing people and putting people on camera so your folks and your friends back home can see you on Facebook Live being interviewed by me, TV's Boo Ray Perry. So that's one thing you need to do as well. That's all I got. Well, uh, I'll be in January that same week. If you happen to be in England, I will be te- teaching at the Society of Wedding and Portrait Photographers Convention in London. And I will also be speaking at uh, and judging at WPPI in February. And so um, if you want a full schedule of our speaking engagements, we're, but we will instead of like listing them all on the show every week, we'll talk about maybe the one that's coming up the soonest, but you can always go to photobombpodcast.com and right there on the homepage will be places where you can see us, interact with us, and uh, possibly, uh, you know, give Boo Ray that uh, F, uh, X100 S that he's been wanting, F. that new one. F. F. Sorry, I have the, the F. S. The F has got bigger megapixels, it's got built in Wi Fi, and oh, thank the Lord, it's got the thumb toggle on the back so that you can move your focus point around just like my 5D Mark III. And that, so, I live and die by that. I don't know how people who don't have that on their cameras and shoot events and stuff. I don't know how they survive. Well, if you have $1,300 yes. to blow. Burning a hole in your pocket. Cam- and you want to see him in person and give it to him, just head over to photobombpodcast.com. Check out all our speaking engagements so That's that right. you, can, you can present that to him in person. I will, put you, um, I will absolutely put you in my program. And it was in USA. Absolutely. So if you, if yeah. for, for the low, low price of a Fuji X100F, 
you can get on stage at Imaging USA. So yes. not that you're not already spending a lot of money to go out of town for a week and pay for a hotel. And <laughs> So throw an extra $1,300 on that pile, write it off as promotional, <laughs> and you can get on stage at Imaging USA. This joke has gone on for too long. This, yes, a disclaimer, don't actually do that. No, don't actually. Please don't. <laughs> we are not asking for free stuff. No. We don't want that. No. Uh, all right, so that, that's, that's it, right? All right, that's it. You can find us online, facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. You can find us on the web at photobombpodcast.com. You can find Gary at hughesfioretti.com. Yep. You can find me at bureauperry.com. Our email address is questions at photobombpodcast.com, and we'll see you back here next week. See you later.